Hey everyone, if you're enjoying my podcast, I'd really like it if you left a review or at least a rating. It'll help the podcast greatly so that I can continue to make the best content possible. Thanks. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Webhead. I'm your host, Delonel. Those of you that have been listening to this podcast know I my intro is usually a lot more energetic. But uh, today's topic is it's pretty serious and uh, it's pretty bad. Now I'm going to start this off by saying that just about every media company does some variation of this. Clickbait. Now, when I used to do a lot of sports writing, this was one of the reasons why I stopped. But, you know, like doing sports writing, there's a balance between creating engagement and creating false implications, right? So when you look at, if you're scrolling through like a news app, And there's all of these titles and headlines. The task for the headline is to bring you into the article so that you end up reading the article. That's a headline. For me, whenever I would write different articles and stuff, my headline would be a very brief summary of what you're going to read. And in the sports world... A lot of the times the headlines were about the scores or the latest breaking news about, you know, a player or a team or the league. I used to write other uh, different types of stuff like for business articles, um, technology articles, leadership magazines, you know, like so I've written a bunch of different things over the years, but sports was the main one. And you know, the practices were use these words to bring people in, even if it didn't really have anything to do with what the person was going to read. Even if you only mention that thing in one sentence, put that in the headline, draw the people in. A lot of these online magazines rely on Ad revenue based off of clicks, based off of views. So the more traffic you're getting, the more likely that you're going to secure revenue for those clicks. So you need the clicks. It's the livelihood situation for those clicks. And I, I'm not a guy, like, if you've read a clickbait article... You may not know clickbait. You may not know that term. But you've read a clickbait article. If you've looked at a headline of an article and then you read the article and you realize there's really barely anything to do with the headline. If you feel like you read something that really didn't match the headline, it was clickbait. It was something to bring you in, to draw you in. And it really, that was it. It was a setup. You've been duped. You've been bamboozled. You know, it, it's it's a shame. That's among other reasons. That's part of why I got out of the writing game. But it goes 
further than writing. And that's what we're talking about today. Quote-unquote clickbait, you know, bait-and-switch, whatever you want to call it, is the act of presenting something that gives a false sense of, you know, it's like false advertising. It gives a false sense of what to expect or what to look forward to. But then the reality is something, it might be related, but it's not quite exactly what was said. And depending on how, how much of a difference or shift the promise versus the actual will determine sometimes if there's grounds for a lawsuit. <laughs> you know, like it, you may decide, you know what, like a video game, there's plenty of video games where like you see the demos and it looks great, but then the finish, the final product looks like crap. And it's like, I pre-ordered this, I put money down for this, and this is not what I was told was going to be what I was paying for. This is not what was advertised. This is a joke, a sham, whatever. Because this is a Spider-Man podcast, we are going to talk specifically about Sony today. And I will talk about Sony, but keep in mind that a lot of companies do this. A lot of media outlets do this. Sony is not the only person by far and will not be the last person by far to do this. However, this has happened in a string of events in the past few months and now I need to address it. At first, I wasn't going to address it as much Um, But between Morbius and now the Blu-ray release of Spider-Man No Way Home, we have a problem. We have a problem. Let's start with Morbius. Then we'll get to uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And not only Spider-Man No Way Home, but in a way, the two movies are doing the same thing. and, And that's... That's what I want to talk about. The two movies are doing the same thing. Sony has developed a pattern now where we're starting to see them use something to draw us all in under false pretenses. Morbius first. Spoilers for Morbius if you have not seen it. Um, You probably don't really want to see it. It's not that great. It was so bad. I I wasn't feeling well. I'm not going to lie. When I went to see the movie, I was not in the right frame of mind. But I do remember enough about the movie. And then I read a lot of spoiler articles to remind myself of things that I missed. So now I have a full picture that Morbius is not a good movie. It was so bad, I decided not to even do a full... I I didn't even want to dedicate a review for the movie. That's how bad it was. There are a lot of things that I'm going to talk about today, a lot of the details about the movie I'm going to talk about today in reference to what is looking like Sony is is kind of taking advantage of certain things. But I, I would not recommend watching Morbius. That's, that's my recommendation. I might do a, a quiet, short episode just saying that I just don't recommend it. But I, 
let's just get into this. Spoilers. Here we go. Okay. Morbius trailers had at least three implications, right? Let, let me make sure I get this right. One was Spider-Man. Two. Uh, I, I guess you could say two and a half, maybe. Two and a half. Maybe two and a half. There were three parts of the uh, Morbius trailer that were glaringly off or even missing from the movie. But these three things were meant to draw you into the movie. Now, raise your hand if you know who Morbius is. Yeah, not a lot of you, right? Yeah, not a lot of you put your hands up. Yeah, my hand is up, but that's because I live for this stuff. Those of you that are more of the casual viewer, you probably, I don't know. I don't know, Morbius. I don't, I don't know. You, you, you know Blade. You probably know Blade a lot more than you know Morbius. When we're talking about Marvel vampires, you're probably more familiar with Blade, right? Um, that's just Blade. You know, he had some cool movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, he's so, it's kind of a cult following for those movies. And Blade, the Blade Trinity is considered, along with like the Spider-Man trilogy and the original X-Men movies, those movies in that, that time frame are considered the building blocks for what the MCU is built off of. And, and really the superhero movie genre in general was built off of those, some of those movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. So we, we definitely give a lot of credit to Blade Blade and what they were doing, we give a lot of credit to Spider-Man, we give a lot of credit to the X-Men. They were really pioneers to the type of superhero movies that we see today. Fine. It's great. It's wonderful, even. I, I'm just, I, I love it. However, like I said, not a lot of people know about Morbius as a character. Who is Morbius? What's his story? What does he do? And so because of that, Sony had to have known this. <clears throat> so Sony threw in a bunch of stuff in the trailer to catch the casual eye. And a lot of trailers sometimes, like I said, a lot of movie uh, studios, they do this. Where they create a trailer that looks very appealing. And when you go to see the movie, there are parts of the trailer that you just do not see in the movie. It never makes the end. And so the the... The battle between, is that a conflict, not a conflict, is that a um, false advertising situation, you know, that remains to be seen in a lot of ways. It's understood that the stuff you see in trailers will not necessarily show up in the movie. However, depending on what is in the trailer and what doesn't show up in the movie can be grounds for false advertising. Sony clearly use their trailers for Morbius as a sign that this was going to be a very strong reference to the MCU, the universe they were building, and the Sam Raimi universe. That's what Sony did. 
And when you watch the movie, you didn't get any of those the way that they appeared in the trailer. Let's talk about the three things I'm talking about. One, the Venom reference. In the trailer, Morbius is standing over one of the guys, the mercenaries or whatever. He's standing over them after like kicking everybody's behind. He's standing over one of them. And he, he says, I am. And then he like changes his face or something and like makes a Venom voice. Venom, you know, like you, you heard in the, in the movies. He does this, and then he says, oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm Dr. Morbius at your service, or something like that. He says that, and, like, it cuts, right? In the movie, he does not do this. Now, obviously, if you see the trailer and you see him do that, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw the Venom movie, because a lot of people saw the Venom movie, and not only that, a lot of people are more familiar with Venom than they are with Morbius. So Sony said, we got to get something in here that people can connect to, get as many people in the seats as possible, so that this could be another moneymaker, even though it may not be a good product. So if you were looking for that, you did not find that in the movie. I was, when, when it happened, and I, I saw the movie with my sister. So, I, so afterwards, I was like, you know, he didn't say, because I thought maybe I missed it. I was like, he didn't say that during the movie. Like, I wasn't well, but there were things that I, like, my mind was still right to be looking for things that I knew I was supposed to see and references to, to do a review on, and nothing happened. The movie, but see, I got to, <laughs> it's not a movie review. So I got to just chill. Okay, anyway, so that was first. The Venom one was first. Okay. Second one. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man with the word murderer on it. And Morbius is like walking past it or whatever. We see that in the trailer. Clearly. You can't miss it, right? You can't. It's, how would you? That was not in the movie. That was not in the movie. No reference to Spider-Man specifically occurred in the movie. If you've seen the movie, end credits are not being considered right now. We're not talking about end credits. But yeah, in the movie, there is no shot of Morbius walking past a Spider-Man mural with murderer on Spider-Man's body. It's just, it doesn't happen. Why would Sony choose, arguably, 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 the most popular Spider-Man, live-action Spider-Man costume. Why would they choose that, put that in the trailer, and not have it in the movie? If the goal wasn't to get you in the seats. We just saw No Way Home, right? So we're in this mindset of multiverse, multiple Spider-Man. Things are happening. People are moving around, shifting, and all of this action. And so you see that that trailer, and you're like, "Oh my God! Wait, is does this universe take place with the Tom McGuire universe? Is he the Spider-Man? Is he coming back? Is it going to be Spider-Man Four? What, what's going to happen here? Right? You you would think that naturally just by seeing that shot. And no, it doesn't happen. And not only that, there's no kind of replacement reference. I could forgive it if you took that out 
and had a different reference. Maybe a picture of him in the bugle or something. Or, you know, some kind of something to acknowledge, like, yeah, imply, like, yeah, this, da-da-da-da. But because you didn't do that, and because you knew what that shot in the trailer would do for people, that's, that's some really interesting false advertisement right there. That's some really interesting stuff. But okay. Sure. Number three. It's like the end credit scene, but not really. So, also in the trailer, you saw Michael Keaton. And when you saw Michael Keaton, you realize, oh, he's the vulture. He, he was the vulture from No Way Home. And he was cast as the vulture. Like this, before the trailer came out, this podcast, and I'm sure plenty of other places, obviously, knew that he was going to be the vulture in the movie. Like, that was a given. So then the question became, once we saw No Way Home, we started thinking to ourselves, okay, so how does he end up in that universe? And that was, like, the big question. Ever since December, we've been wondering, like, okay, so how is he going to end up over there? <clears throat> Thanks to Dr. Strange's thing. Does this spell go wrong? And people end up getting jumbled? You know, like, what happened? And that, that makes you think about, like, Venom. Like, where did Venom end up? Did he go back to his original universe? And then there was a piece of the symbiote left. So, like, clearly something with the spell wasn't perfect. And not everyone went back to exactly where they were. Why did... Why did Vulture end up leaving the universe that he was in? Not sure. I'm just not sure. Why that even happened to him. But uh, it happened. So we're going with it. Sony's got it. The problem is. Uh, yeah. He, so okay. I could be wrong. <clears throat> I could be wrong. But the shot of Vulture in the trailer. I don't remember seeing that specific shot. In the end credits. He doesn't show up in the movie. He doesn't show up in the movie. Right? So we know he's not in the movie. He's just in the end credits. And with the end credits, that's fine. You know, that's cool. But even then, it, it looked like they just took that shot and just had a random shot of him. I'm not sure what was happening there. Now look, the Vulture one is not bad, right? The only problem is... We don't really care about end credit scenes when we go to see a movie, right? Like the... The end credit scene should be something somewhat unexpected. You spoiling the end credit scene is for one purpose. In this context, it's for one reason. Hey, that's the guy from uh, Homecoming. That's, that's the guy from Homecoming. That's the Spider-Man guy. He's also in this movie. Now I need to watch. Like, they, they pulled from different known properties and said, yeah, well, let's go with that. Look, Sony wasn't going to use Mysterio. Whether Mysterio is alive or not, we don't really know because, you know, he could have done a Hocus Pocus trick to just to set Peter Parker up. We, it, I mean, it's possible. I mean, 
we didn't see a funeral scene, did we? Did they actually recover the body? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. If that was a decoy, or but we weren't going to see Mysterio. The only other villain that Spidey faced in the MCU is, well, Vulture, who was locked away in in his cell. And um, I, my previous episode, I talked about who would be potentially in the Sinister Six. So, you know, Vulture obviously is one of the founding members of this version. Um, Scorpion could possibly be in it. You know, we got Morbius, Venom probably, Craven probably, perhaps Chameleon. You know, there, there's, there are a lot of options to make up the six. But the point is, they put Michael Keaton in there. To imply that we were going to see the vulture in the movie. How would he fit in the movie? We, nobody, no one really could figure out, right? Like, it was kind of a weird whatever. But, so folks, maybe I'm reaching with the Michael Keaton one. Maybe I'm reaching with the vulture one. But you have to admit, the first two were definitely designed to bring you in using a familiar aspect or familiar thing or a more popular thing to put you in the seats. And it worked. I mean, it was one it was a very very solid opening weekend from what I heard. They made quite a bit of cash during opening weekend. Then reality sank in. People realized, you know, the people who braved it like me, I saw it the first night, you know, that Friday, people started coming out of the theater like, uh, no, people you should stay away. And so what I've read now is that it's projected, at the very least, it's projected right now that Morbius is going to have the second worst superhero movie revenue drop for a second weekend at the box office of all time. That's how bad and quickly it has sunk. You may not agree with the critics, but when the audience, the fellow person, the fellow viewer comes out and says, this is trash. Then you start rethinking, like, maybe I should not see this. Because if the critics and my friends are saying this is trash, this might be trash. I don't know if I want to spend money on this. So we're at a point where Sony is looking at a loss. Like, they, the drop is so steep that unless miraculously they recover... Because every week, for every movie, every week, generally, the revenue drops. What percentage? You know, that remains to be seen. But usually, weekend after weekend, the revenue drops. People saw it, and as each week goes, there are less and less people who haven't seen it. And so there's less and less money available to receive. With Morbius already down in the basement, projected to be down in the basement, for the second weekend, there is a good chance Sony will have a loss on this movie. What would that mean? I'm not sure. Now, I, I've read that the Madam Web movie is being written by the Morbius writers. So now Sony has to wonder, okay, if this was really bad, and if a lot of people are saying that the story sucked and the plot was was bullcrap and all these different things that are associated with writing, would they blow up the writing team and start from scratch? If so, 
that probably means that Madden Web would end up getting delayed. I mean, it's not like they're on the verge of filming. They're still in pre-production. They're still acquiring the cast and, and directors and writers and everything. So it's not like they're about to be on the set or they're on set. I don't even think the script is necessarily finished. But the process of trying to find new writers will probably set back and delay the Madden Web movie at least, you know, maybe a month or two. Like, it, that could just happen. There are, there's a lot at stake here with, uh, with Morbius. Morbius was the launching pad for a lot of things for this universe, and it did not go well. So, if Sony is still going to continue to push through this, everything that they put in that movie has to be gold. Your Sinister Six has to be gold. Craven needs to work out. Um, the Cindy Moon Silk series needs to start, like, we need a, we need a Spider-Man on screen to salvage this. Uh, it's getting pretty bad. But we're not done yet because we still have to talk about the Blu-ray release of No Way Home, which may not be as egregious, but it's still something that's kind of disturbing. And after I talk about the Blu-ray, I'm going to tell you what Sony specifically has been doing and why if I'm Disney and Marvel, I'm kind of shaking my head like, really, bro? Um, But let's talk about the No Way Home Blu-ray set. Hey, as part of the Anchor platform, did you know that you can actually leave voice messages? Feel free to share feedback and ask questions. I'll feature those questions in a future episode. Link is in the episode description. Look forward to literally hearing from you. <laughs> so they Tuesday, um, April 12th, 2022, uh, the Blu-ray for Spider-Man No Way Home came out. And I haven't purchased it. <clears throat> I... So here's my thing. I've been going back and forth whether or not I'm going to buy it. Because on one hand, I really want to see the movie again. In the comfort of my own home, preferably. I would love to watch all of the bonus features and things like that. We'll revisit that. Um, I would love to, you know, just have it in my collection. But I also know, I think we all know, that Sony at some point, probably closer to like the holiday season... Sony is going to release a um, a special MCU Spider-Man movie bundle where it's going to have all three, Homecoming, No Way Home, and uh, Far From Home. It's going to be one bundled Blu-ray set. We know it's coming. And I'm trying to hold out for that. Um, I might rent... No Way Home at some point if I really, really, like, really want to, like, watch it again. But odds are I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait for that bundle movie set to come out. And who knows? They might do a Spider-Man live-action Spider-Verse movie set where they have all of the movies. Because I already have a set that has all of the Sam Raimi and Andrew Garfield movies together in one bundle. I have that. Um... 
So the next big bundle would be all nine of those movies together. That would be insane to have as a collector. You know, if you're a collector or a big fan of the Spider-Man movies, that's like the ultimate thing to have. Um, so, but in the meantime, so I read, I started to read some places where, once again, Sony apparently implied that their Blu-ray sets would have a certain amount of content. And the reality is that it's less than what was initially announced. Again, sometimes things happen. Another reference is um, Marvel's Avengers. Remember that? Back in like the end of 2020, towards the end of 2020, Marvel's Avengers started selling copies of the, um, of the game for PlayStation. Now, they, it's on PlayStation and it's on Xbox. But for PlayStation, they had like a little sticker on the case that said, early 2021, Spider-Man is coming to the game. So, you know, at this point, hey, buy it. In a few months, you'll be able to get an exclusive thing. Obviously, people were upset when he didn't show up in the first, like, few months of 2021. Another, like, you know, it's implied you're going to get this, you end up buying it, it's something completely different. Or it doesn't exist. You know, so, it, it, it again, it just happens at a lot of places. But we're focusing on Sony. We're focusing on Sony. This is a bad... This is bad timing for them, period. This is just really bad timing for the false advertisement people that, you know, be wanting to, you know, take it to the court and all of this. But unfortunately, apparently, um, a lot of the deleted scenes that Sony promised are not part of this set. Now, originally it was like you're supposed to get 90 minutes of extra footage and content and all of these different things. On the actual Blu-ray that came out, it says 80 minutes. Now, look, 90 and 80, on one hand, doesn't sound like a lot. But when you really think about it, 10 minutes, especially if it's like 10 minutes of deleted scenes, is a lot of content that you're missing out on, that you were promised and it's gone now. 10 minutes is quite a bit. Right. And um, so rightfully, people are kind of feeling some kind of way because it's like all these months you've been talking about, you know, all these promos and all these different things. 90, 90, 90, 90. And then lo and behold, I don't think it's a typo. It's 80 because I mean, these like these same articles, like there was a Reddit user that like broke down what he got and stuff is missing, like legit stuff is missing. It's not a typo. Stuff that was explicitly promised is missing, including deleted scenes. So, what's up with that? I don't know. But Sony is obviously banking on the fact that you love these IPs. And you'll put your money up before actually realizing what's going on. And by then, it's, 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 it's a wrap. Here's what I believe Sony is doing. And this is why I'm really starting to sour on them. 
months ago, you know, last year, I talked about how confident I was that Sony would manage the IP of Spider-Man adequately. They've been on a really good run recently. The past few years have been great. If you go back to 2018, you had Into the Spider-Verse and Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation. Both hits. You come out, you have um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, a hit game. You have uh, Far From Home, hit movie. Well, that came out in 2017, Far From Home. But So we'll, we'll add Far From Home in there. Um, oh, no, that was 19. My, my fault. Gee whiz. So that Far From Home was, was a hit movie. Not one of my favorites. I've talked about my movie rankings. It's not one of my favorites, but it was it was a good movie. It was a very good movie, and it was another hit. It was another Spider-Man hit. Um, even the Disney Plus, well, not Disney Plus, Disney Junior show, Spidey and His Amazing Friends, is a hit. Of course, that's a Marvel property, so we can't really add that to the equation. But um, No Way Home was a hit. Sony has had a string of really good movies and games come out for Spider-Man. For them to come out, and there's, it's no coincidence, these things feature Spider-Man. The lesser movies do not have Spider-Man in it. Venom, both audience and critics alike, agree Venom movies and the Morbius movie are just lesser quality movies than the Spider-Man movies that have come out since Homecoming. Which has been four movies. Homecoming, Into the Spider-Verse, Far From Home, and No Way Home. So, Sony is... They built their universe. At first, this was genius. They built their universe using the MCU. And I've talked about this before. When, when the leaks happened in 2014, that immediately killed... It might have been 2013, but either way, it immediately killed the Sony Spider-Man franchise. Andrew Garfield was out. The Amazing Spider-Man series was done. And Sony was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. We're, we're, we're in a bad place. They had three... Mediocre Spider-Man movies in a row. Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man, and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. They were not bad movies. None of them were bad. I haven't seen a bad Spider-Man movie. Like a a Spider-Man movie that came out. He's doing his thing. And I left the theater like, this was bad. None of them were bad. But The Amazing Spider-Man movies were, were not good either. They were just mediocre. Um, so, you know. But Sony came to Marvel and said, hey, look, we're having trouble with this IP. Could you just, could you just, and Marvel was like, sure, we'll take him and and we'll do this with him. No problem. And Sony was like, yeah, okay, cool. Remember, Sony has a deal with Marvel. Even though Marvel sold the rights to Spider-Man to Sony, it was under the condition that 
no more than like five something years can go by without a movie coming out. So something has to come out. Sony has basically what Marvel did was you can you, you can have Spider-Man, but you have to use him. If you don't use him, we're just gonna take him back. So then Sony had to make movies. This is why the Amazing Spider-Man was in poor quality. It, it wasn't as good as it could have been because that movie came out in 2012. Spider-Man 3 came out in 2007. They had to rush that movie out to meet that deadline or they were going to lose Spider-Man for good. It was over. And Marvel almost had Spider-Man back right at the beginning of the MCU. Who knows what the heck that would have done to the MCU. I don't even know. But Marvel was like months away from getting Spider-Man back. It was happening. That was... That was a crazy time for Sony. So when Sony realized they they were obsessed with obsessed with the Sinister Six, but they realized they needed time to develop it. So they went, like I said, they went to Marvel and they said, "Hey, look, Marvel, <clears throat> can you work with us with Spider Man? That way, Sony will still have a Spider Man movie, but they can work on their universe for the Sinister Six. Look at when Venom came out, 2018. So from 2012 to 2018, Sony didn't put out a movie by themselves, a Spider-Man movie by themselves. They worked with Marvel to do Homecoming and No uh, Far From Home. Civil War does not count. That was a Spider-Man showing up in a Marvel movie. That was not a Sony movie. So... With all of that said, Sony let Marvel build the groundwork for what Sony was trying to do. A multiverse. That's all they were trying to do. A multiverse. Now, when you look at it, okay, this is why I believe that Sony is going to remove Spider-Man out of the MCU at some point. Either that or they're going to have two different Spider-Men for each of the universes that they're inside of right now. Sony is living inside of the MCU, but what they're trying to do now is build the Spider-Man universe, the SMU. In order to do that, Sony has resorted to using what you know to bring you into what you don't know. Spider-Man is more popular than Venom Morbius, Craven, and all these other characters. He's just more popular. So what Sony did was they said, okay, Marvel, good job. You're building this. That's great. We're going to use what you did to boost our universe. And that's what Sony did. Sony took Homecoming. They took Far From Home, they took No Way Home, and they took those movies. And they took the established universe that Marvel spent years and years and years making. And they said, okay, now we're just going to create something off of that. That's all. You you do that, and then we're just going to piggyback off of your success. So that's why you see in Morbius all of these references... To things that have happened in the MCU. 
That's why Venom almost served no purpose. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, almost served no purpose but that end credit scene. That was about it. Nothing in that movie mattered. Let's just get that. Let's just, whether you like the movie or not, in the grand scheme of things, the only thing that mattered was that Venom was going to end up in the MCU for two minutes. And that because he was forced out of San Francisco, he might end up in New York to be part of the Sinister Six. Nothing else really was significant. There was no character development. There's no kind of thing that makes you wonder what's going to happen to these characters. You didn't really care about anybody outside of Venom and Eddie. Do you, I, seriously, do, do you care about what happens to anybody else in Carnage? Did, did you care? Like, the credits were rolling. You're like, I wonder what's going to happen to him and her and that guy. And No! The only thing you remember from Let There Be Carnage, quite frankly... The only thing, or at least the number one thing, is that he saw Peter Parker as Spider-Man in the end credit. That that was it. That I mean, seriously, that that's all Sony is working for. The story of the MCU, and Sony is trying to as many Easter eggs and references to the MCU as they can put in. They're going to put in because if. If they, if audiences believe that these two universes are related, think about this. Sony knows that there is a large following of the MCU. The MCU followers are watching the movies, they're watching the shows, and some of the hardcore fans are watching the shorts, reading the comics, all these different things. There are some people dedicated to the MCU. If you tell those same people, hey, these movies over here are connected too, they're going to watch those movies. They're going to be too invested to not watch those movies. Because from their perspective, these movies are going to piggyback off of the MCU. Just like movies in the MCU piggyback off of movies in the MCU. Just like the new shows that are coming out are piggybacking off of the other shows and movies in the MCU. It's all one big giant comic book movie orgy and we're all here for it we're all here for it there are no rubbers there are no pills we're here it's raw this is it this is it quite frankly and i've talked about this before i'm starting to get that fatigue like i need to just not have to watch so many things all of the time it's becoming quite a bit of a thing that i so I'm rooting for Spider-Man to no longer be part of the MCU so I can just focus on Sony stuff. But the problem is, Sony's live-action stuff is falling apart now. So I could either watch the MCU get a good quality product every time, or I could stick with the Sony universe and hope that something doesn't go wrong every time. It's a tough situation. I mean, look, I'm a Sony guy, you know. I'm a Spider-Man guy first and foremost. Because Sony's running the show, I got to be a Sony guy too, to a certain extent, right? Ignoring the fact that I also have a country role, I just, you know, this is just, we're, we're having to hope that Sony 
We have to hope that Sony prioritizes good movies over good marketing. You need both. I mean, you need both. But one being better than the other and vice versa actually makes a huge difference. If you have a great movie and good marketing, you're going to be fine. If you have a good movie and great marketing, you're probably going to be fine. Morbius has only good marketing. It's not even great marketing. Only good marketing and a bad movie. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. That's not going to get you very far. Because now you're telling people to show up for a movie using all of these different tools that don't exist in the movie. So when I go to see the movie, now I feel bamboozled. I, I, you know, I feel like I've been made a fool. And now, Sony, I don't know if I trust you for the next movie. I don't know if I trust the trailer. Like, if I see the next trailer for Craven, if you have him, like, crouching down in the middle of New York and, like, Spider-Man swings through the sky because he's on the hunt for Spider-Man, I'm not going to believe that Spider-Man's in the movie. Why would I? Last time you showed me Spider-Man in the trailer, he wasn't in the movie. So what am I... You know, like, these are things now where Sony begins to lose... Momentum and and the trust of these viewers, because there's a pattern that's beginning to establish. Of, well, we saw that, but it's probably going to be crap. Like the last time, and the time before that, and the time before that. The MCU had to spend over a decade to convince us, hey, we got great stuff coming out. So when the MCU announces this movie's coming out or this show's coming out. There's no problem now. No one is like wondering, is that going to be good? Because they produce hit after hit after hit. A few duds here and there because no one's perfect. But for the most part, the MCU was like one of the best things ever in cinematic history. It's because of the consistency of quality. And the quality is good. The MCU has earned the benefit of the doubt every single time. If you have 10 movies that come out and one of them is like bad or mediocre and the others are good or great, I'm going to I'm going to keep gambling. It's a 90% chance that it's going to be worth my time and money. I'm willing to take that gamble. Sony does not have that luxury right now. They've had two decently okay Venoms and then a train wreck of Morbius. And I like statistically now it hasn't really been all that worth my time and investment. So would I want to see Craven? Would I want to see Madam Web? Would I want to see Silk? Would I want to see Black and Silver? I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Because I, I don't think that they're going to be good. But if you told me that Sony was going to make... Just animated Spider-Verse movies from now on. I probably would be invested. The first one was a slam dunk. And most of the team, it looks like, is coming back for the sequels. Why would I think it would be trash? Now, granted, some franchises start off great and end up trash. Shrek, Ice Age, 
You know, I, I hate to trash on DreamWorks properties here, but it just so happens those two came to mind first. They got way too many sequels, and they started off strong, really, really solid first and second movies, and then, eh, and now it's just a movie just to have a movie out. And it's like, nah, like, what? So, you know, I mean, look, maybe Sony can recover. Sony Entertainment may not have a lot of money, but the parent company of Sony is like worth trillions of dollars. So if if Sony really wanted to, they could make sure that these movies have better budgets and are able to pull in more things and, and get quality writers and directors and actors and all these different things. They could do it. They technically have the money. What they invested in Sony Entertainment is a different story. We don't know. And it's not Sony Entertainment, my fault. It's Sony Pictures. But I guess more specifically Columbia, you know, inside of the... Whatever. Case in point, the money can potentially be there. It's the same as if Disney were to pump money into Marvel. The parent Sony can pump money into Sony Pictures. It's just, will they? I don't know. Because it's about to be a loss for Morbius. And... Obviously, Sony will not go five plus years of no Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man makes too much money. Spider-Man No Way Home, we talked about this. Already is one of the top grossing movies of all time. And I'm pretty sure it still hasn't opened up in Asia. The largest, the largest continent in terms of population on the planet. Are you kidding me? Spider-Man brings in the cash. That's not an opinion. The numbers don't lie. He brings in the cash. Sony has been living off of Spider-Man as their number one movie IP. That's easily, easily. And it's just like, you're making this money and then you turn around and try to create a universe named the Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man in it. Who you established as the number one grossing entity IP, basically of all time. I mean, what 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 are we what are we talking about here? Like, what? Is, I mean, Star Wars and Harry Potter and all these. A lot. There are a lot of franchises that have probably made more money than Spider Man movie, just box office exclusive. But Spider-Man is up there. I mean, every time a Spider-Man movie comes out, it's like a record-breaking thing. From the first Spider-Man to the latest one that just came out. It's like breaking records at the box office. Like, they just... He just brings in the money. It's amazing. It's amazing. And Sony decided to try to create a universe without utilizing him? I I don't... (laughs) What is happening? You know, so it's it's a little nerve-wracking here. They know how to use Spider-Man. It looks like they don't know how to do anyone else. Why? It's not their fault. It's their fault, but it's not their fault. You know, Stan Lee of Steve Ditko, they created all of these characters to be so directly connected to Spider-Man that without Spider-Man, it, it's like they lose themselves. These characters lose mo- their only motivation in a lot of ways without Spider-Man. And so Sony, for whatever reasons, <clears throat> decided to try to create 
the Suicide Squad knockoff thing or something where they tried to have these anti-heroes and antagonists to Spider-Man. Give them their own stories and just expect it to work. There's a reason why these movies feel like they don't really have anything going on. It's because they're missing what made them who they are. Morbius... It's not as directly connected to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But Venom, we talked about this. The reason why Venom hates Spider-Man, the reason why they come together and gel so easily is their common hatred for the webhead. The suit left Peter, went to Eddie. Eddie had problems with Peter as well. And they formed together and was like, we hate this guy. We're going to take him out. You took that away. Now it's like I'm the lethal protector, and I, I think he, he's not even Venom from like the comics. Really, he's just kind of just this CGI alien-looking thing that, for some explicit reason, is here on the planet and has to fight another symbiote. That was the first movie, and then the second movie was more of the same. We just. I bit your hand, and so now I have a different symbiote, and it's just, this is it. This is fine, and we're going to fight again. And, like, I, I'm sorry, folks. I, you know, it's, uh, maybe I'm just a sucker for, like, something that makes sense. <clears throat> the visuals are fine, but if there's no point to them, it kind of falls flat for me. So that that's what happened. And... Craven, his whole thing is hunting Spider-Man. Who, who is his prey? Like, he's Craven the Hunter. So if you're not going to have Spider-Man as his prey, who's his prey going to be? Like, it's just... I don't know what Sony is going to do. Madam Web movie? Her whole thing is, like, she's a, a very immobile secondary character. Like, she doesn't move. I've, I've said this before. She's like Professor X, but can't move. You, you're going to have, obviously, Sony's going to change her dynamic. But her whole purpose in the comics was to assist Spider-Man, amongst other, you know, heroes. But to assist Spider-Man. And now, she's going to be the primary person in a movie? Is that going to work? I, you know, I, I don't know. They're going to make her younger. She'll probably have the same disability that she has in the comics, but maybe like a lesser aggressive version of it. That would be my take. But I mean, I, unless she's going to be like a detective, unless it's like a detective type movie, like she's solving mysteries or something. I don't know what, like, I, I don't... Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so many of these characters are so directly tied. <clears throat> That if you're going to create something else, it has to make sense. And so far, nothing has really made sense. Just hasn't. Um, between Morbius and Venom, we haven't really seen them be anti-heroes. They're more of, I'm just going to stop this other guy. That's about it. 
We'll see. I mean, the Sinister Six sounds like they're just going to be a bunch of people who want to protect people, but also want to kill Spider-Man. And uh, that, if you think that's going to work, that's cool. But think about it. They don't know who Spider-Man is. Are they going to take the word of a random guy in a bird suit? Oh, well, you say he's bad. I'll just believe you then. That's fine. That's my point. You, you, you can't build an entire team whose sole purpose was because they wanted revenge on Spider-Man. You can't create a team like that without the revenge part. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... It's weird. It would, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. <laughs> Sinister Six only was created because each of the individual members lost to Spider-Man in some fight at some point. And they came together and said, we can't beat them alone. But together, well, by golly, we, <laughs> you know it. They still lost. Sony's trying to create a version of that team that has no idea who Spider-Man is besides the one member. Who allegedly are all anti-heroes, which means that uh, they're people who are heroes and are just really like dark aggressive Wolverine Punisher type of heroes. Is that that's that's gonna work? Like what's gonna be their motivation to hate Spider-Man? We're gonna have to see Spider-Man do something egregious, right? Like now if only you had a scene in the movie that painted Spider-Man as a negative entity. Hmm. We had that in the trailer but whatever, you know, like, it's, it's so many things that are just not adding up for me right now. And I'm just having a difficult time to, like, believe. I'm starting to, like, lose faith that this will work. Because, <clears throat> like I said before, I'm fine. To, if you want to change origin stories and do different things, I'm fine as long as it works. Currently, it's not working. But now they're in too deep. They can't just retcon and be like, oh, Spider-Man, right there. Like they, it feel, It's going to feel out of place to randomly have a Spider-Man movie show up inside of this universe. I don't know what they're going to do now. I don't know what their plan is. Like I said before, Morbius director said, we're going to find out who the Spider-Man is. He used the word soon. So I guess once we figure out who Spider-Man is, we can... We can figure out what's going to happen. If it's Toby or Andrew or Tom, the question becomes, how did any of them end up in that particular universe? Now, we know, based off of the Morbius director quote, the Spider-Man in that universe has been in that universe and has been active. So I don't think it's a Spider-Man that we know because they would have just showed up just like uh, Vulture did. Right? Vulture just showed up. So if Spider-Man's already established, it can't be someone that we know. It can't be someone from a different universe because they're not established in the Sony universe. They're established in the Sam Raimi or the Mark Webb universe or the MCU. 
So we're getting a new actor. We we must be getting a new actor. How like we're gonna need some some screen time to establish that Spider-Man appears to be a menace, appears to be a bad guy. Sony could have taken the time to do that. They had so many Easter eggs in the Daily Bugle stuff. Black Cat, Chameleon, Rhino. They were all popping up in there. So if you really wanted to do a little Easter egg about Spider-Man's whereabouts and what he's been doing, you could have put a little... uh, Webhead Menace strikes again. And da, da, da. That would have been it. That would have been enough for us to be like, okay, he has a reputation. You know, obviously, J. Jonah Jameson is going to slander Spidey as much as possible. But at least, you know, these characters in the universe can read those articles and be like, yeah, I believe that he is a menace and he should be stopped. And like I said, this might be like a Suicide Squad knockoff type of thing where maybe they come together, these quote-unquote, bad guys. But instead of, like, trying to take down Batman because they think he's evil, they take down Spider-Man because they think he's evil. I would be interested in a universe focused on the anti-heroes facing the hero and looking at it from their perspective. And so, if Spider-Man is just, like, a... If he's not the main character, if he's just, like, the bad guy that shows up from time to time or whatever, I guess that's cool. It would be unique. We wouldn't have seen that before for any kind of superhero movie. Like, that's that would be unique. It's like that Craven's Last Hunt, but on a bigger scale, right? So I'm I'm cool with that. I don't I just don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. We need more information about Spider-Man and how the public views him. We have to ignore what we saw in the trailer because that didn't make it in the movie. So by the standards of the movies, we know nothing about Spider-Man at all. And now all of a sudden there's a team of people that just want to take him down. Just randomly, we're just going to take him down now. I, I don't know. It, it's, the storytelling isn't adding up. From the perspective, if I'm Morbius and some guy comes up to me and says, we got to take this guy down. We watched this movie. Morbius doesn't seem to know who this person is, the Spider-Man character. Because even when talking to Vulture, he could have been like, oh, yeah, I've heard about him. Oh, yeah, that crazy webhead. Like, he could, it could have been an easy reference right there. You could have just easily written that in, that he has some idea of who Spider-Man is. Sony did nothing. So we have to believe that Morbius probably knows nothing about this person. Maybe he knows Peter Parker. Maybe Peter Parker works at Horizon Labs. He did at the, in the comics. Maybe, like I said before, maybe Miles Morales or his mom. You know, his mom is a nurse traditionally in the original story. Maybe she's a scientist or a doctor. Some, something still medically related, but maybe just in a different medical setting. And maybe that's Miles is visiting his mom one day and gets bit and blah, blah. Like, I talked about these theories already, but like... We need something a little more than Vulture just showing up. Yeah, I have an idea of what's going on. <clears throat> like, do you? You just woke up. You don't even know where you're, you're at. <clears throat> and then he somehow had his suit still? What was that about? 
he 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 just showed up in a new universe. Was there a, a a vulture there too? And he just stole that vulture's stuff. Like I don't. What is happening? So there's a, just a lot of things that just just don't add up to me. And I'm sorry, but that just for me that means that Sony is trying to use the MCU as their prop, and that's weak. You can't have it both ways. You can't have a universe of people who don't know anything about the MCU, but then you're able to dump everything about the MCU in the movie and just expect it to be okay. That doesn't work. That's like the MCU in the early days with their TV shows. Like, the TV shows would mention the the movies, but the movies never made a reference to the shows. Remember that one side? Like, Netflix shows, Cloak and Dagger, The Runaways, Hellstrom. They, none of them, none of them were recognized by, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the MCU movies never made a reference to, to Coulson being alive, potentially, and all these different things. Like, just nothing. Nothing. And Sony is trying to do the same thing. They're going to make all these references to the MCU, and you, you watch. The MCU is going to be like, we don't care about what you're doing. And it's going to be awkward to watch. If you watch those TV shows, you know it was awkward to watch the movies and the shows and be like, the shows keep talking about the movies. But the movies, uh, it's like, it's like being a fan of a, of a celebrity, right? You know all about that celebrity. You love that celebrity. You drop lines from that celebrity. You make references. And then you go to meet the celebrity. The celebrity's like, who are you? What? Who are you? Oh, that's nice. Okay. Have a great day. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, so Sony has to figure it out for themselves because the MCU is not going to help them. They had to infiltrate the MCU in order to rig it so that the Sony universe would be compatible with the MCU. And even then, that hasn't worked out too well. (sighs) Rant over. One of my longer episodes. Usually whenever I go over an hour, it's a a pretty rare occurrence, right? I usually hover about 30 to 40 minutes. So this is quite a bit. But uh, it had to be said, folks. It had to be said. (sighs) You guys let me know what you think about Sony's decision-making, their plans. What do you think is going to happen with these these plans? What do you think they're going to do? What is the end game? Um, How soon will we see Spider-Man show up in this universe? Who will it be? Um... Past couple of episodes that I did make um, go into finer details about those questions, some of those questions. So I encourage you to listen to those as well. Um, but my main focus for this episode is just what is Sony doing? And are you feeling some kind of way that the trailers for Morbius and the marketing stuff about the Blu-ray release ended up to a certain extent, being just blatant lies and misleading commentary. Um, does that bother you? I would be bothered if I if I spent money looking for a specific thing that I was told was going to be in it, and then it wasn't. I'd be feeling some kind of way. So, 
Uh, thanks for listening and keep swinging. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep swinging.